when I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs, I listen to the Sean Geek Podcast over on seanmcginnity.ca, and you should too. asking me well not all but there's kind of an expectation based on what happened this week that you would like some comments from myself about what happened this week and I don't want to talk about it I don't I've talked privately with a few people shared my thoughts um And I think the best way to go about this, because uh, a lot of these thoughts are very personal, um, and I kind of don't want to be uh, a downer at all. So I, 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 um, how do I say this in a good way? How do I say this? I want to be positive. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade. I don't want to show praise either. I just want to be honest and um, be true, I guess. So. What I'm going to do today, and I brought this up with a a couple of people this week, is I wanted to break down. Wow. For some reason, I just realized this. Oh, weird. I wanted to break down our Dome album. I think this is the best way to be inclusive and to be honest. Um, to not smear, to not elevate. Um, but the so what I brought up this week was that the Dome album, We Are Machine is the name of the album, was our debut. It was a concept album. And I've mentioned it in passing a few times on the show and in conversations with others, you know, when people have asked questions. And it is a concept album. Um, I also started writing a treatment for this as a novel because when I wrote, when I wrote, not my first novel, but one of my first novels was called I'm a writer or something. Um, There is a soundtrack to that album and there are key scenes throughout the novel where there are key songs that are playing that um, really, if you're listening to the song in the background, as you're reading, it would kind of expand the scene and kind of give you a auditory feel for what I was writing. 
And that's kind of the idea. So, um, so I'm going to go through the song list and perhaps explain the story somewhat. So the idea is I might intersperse a few seconds of the song just because some people might not remember the names of the songs. Some people might not know the songs at all. And if you don't, well, you can go to Bandcamp. Where on Bandcamp? I don't. There we go. Um, if you go to domewpg.bandcamp.com, you will find our band there. Um, get the full cover art. Um, it's got the listing for who's in the band. Um, there's also a li link to the website or the podcast from there too. So <clears throat> you can buy the album there if you want. You can buy the digital tracks. Um, seven bucks for the album. Um, and to be honest, any money that comes in from this, I've never spent a cent of it. It's just sitting in an account somewhere and I kind of don't want to take that money and do anything with it. I'm just leaving it there um, because this was a group effort and um, short of the politics within the band, I'm just going to leave it there and not touch it. But anyway, so the first track, so it's, so it's anyway, so if you go to Bandcamp, uh, you will see the cover. Again, it is domewpg.bandcamp.com. You see the cover, and it's a, a a machine. I can tell you what it is, but it's a machine. And uh, it says Dome, and it says We Are a Machine. What is We Are a Machine? Well, I'll explain that when we get to it. Um, so the track, the album starts out with Penultimate.
All right, so the first track, Penultimate. So basically, in the concept of this concept album, is the introduction to the band. Hey, this is our band. This is what we are. We are Penultimate. And it's sort of a... It is sort of a statement. Um, and it's kind of the statement that the band always had in that, look, we may not look as glossy as the other bands out there. And this was actually one of the last songs we wrote too. So this might've been written during the time that we were uh, competing in Indie Week, Winnipeg, which feeds into Indie Week Canada, which feeds into Indie Week World, where we were competing against a whole bunch of other Winnipeg bands to have the title of best Indie Winnipeg band, which we placed unofficially, we placed third in the competition uh after you know performing against all these other bands and we were the little engine that could we were the band that people like they saw us and they're like okay well they're just you know another hard rock band at 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 face value that's what people just thought we were and there was a bit of um i think there was a bit of and and as the story of the of, of this album goes there was a bit of an imposter syndrome going on where we knew we were we had talent. We knew we could write great songs. Um, we were in sync with each other. We polished the shit out of our songs. We just didn't write a song and then move on to the next one. That's not how we did things. We we pounded the songs out and pounded the songs from sand into glass. And we polished the shit out of our stuff. So, <clears throat> you know, a lot of bands some bands I should say they will just basically look they're going to they're going to create a, a, a song and you know it's good enough let's move on to the next one um for example uh the the lyrics which I was responsible for all the lyrics on this album except for I have one co-write on lyrics in one of the songs which we'll get to when we get to it um these songs went through multiple variations on the lyrics until they ended up being what ended up being on the album and if you watch any of our live performances which are you know on youtube and facebook and a whole bunch of different places um you'll see that some of the songs have different lyrics live and that is because we kept pounding out the songs until they became what they were so i mean there's some songs that had you know 13 to 18 different drafts of the lyrics until they were exactly what they needed to be to tell the story of this concept album. So in this song, um, in in terms and perspective of the book that I've written, which I think I'm about 20,000 words in or something, was the story of, we're going to start kind of towards the end where, okay, this is our band, this is us, this is us performing, here's our declaration, we are penultimate. Um, There's a whole bunch of lyrics in the song, and if you listen, you'll hear that we're going to envelop you with our sound. There's a moment um, you will acquiesce under our caress, which is an indication of everyone when they saw us versus hearing us versus actually sitting with us for two or three songs. Um, well, what we found every time we played, the crowd was like, okay, whatever, another hard rock band. But then the longer they listened, and the longer they actually sat there and absorbed the music, basically our caress, our musical caress, 
over the over the crowd over the audience is like shit these guys are actually really good this isn't just another hard rock song there's there's layers and layers to what they created so you will acquiesce under our caress so basically as you let our music and you know envelop you you'll realize there's more going on here than just another hard rock band it's the key line of that song um and it's basically saying like you know you got to get acquainted with the idea that we will rock the world we will shake the world we will change the world we will you know <clears throat> this is you know you're gonna love us because I, i'm gonna be honest dome is or was a great band and it was four equal members pounding the shit out of these songs and making them what they were uh, a lot of these songs had different incarnations earlier on when it was just Alex and I and then two other guys. And and it took the four of us to make the songs into what they were. So that's the opening track. Okay, so this the second track, this is when we, okay, so we've introduced the band. Who are these people? So now we're going to go back to one of the members of the band. And this is where um, it's kind of autobiographical, but it's also a fictionalized version of my biography because i don't want to get that personal and share to the world my personal history because it's my personal history but it's loosely based on a timeline of my being and it's also a blend of uh me and other members of the band like what i knew of them and it's basically creating a fictionalized version of this character who kind of represents all four of us but i'm putting him in the drummer position in the book this is how i play it out in the book um <clears throat> but really it's ultimately me as the vocalist it is my brother as well um it is alex of what i know of alex um because there's a lot of shared experiences within the band within our lives and stuff so the next song goes back in time and it is a song called breakdown now This song, for me personally, is my favorite song on the album. It wasn't always. Um, it is one of the first three songs that we wrote as a band before it was even called Dome when it was Alex and I and the other two guys. Um, and this song's really fucking important. Um, historically, like within the band's history, but also... Um, the lyrics are very, very important and very, very hard for me. Um, this might be the song that's changed the most. Um, this is the song that I've I've recently converted into a um, a much slower version, um, more of a acoustic version, um, and it's the song with altered lyrics that I sing to my kids to put them to bed at night. So there's so much importance to this song. 
this was a song that often got removed from the set because it was a little too it wasn't depending on the venue we were playing and the other bands we were playing with it was like kind of the song maybe we shouldn't include the song but contextually in terms of the concept of the album the song is about in the past where the main character was and in it you know after many of us in life we have this imposter syndrome and this is kind of where where it builds so this is where people are telling you look you may think you're a musician you may think you're an artist you may think you are that person but a there's no career in it b very few people make it and really are you actually that good or not because you have to be the best of your game and have everything going for you to succeed as an artist in any format whether music um, visual art or acting or whatever like any of those things it, it is really the hardest job to be successful at so this is the character kind of hearing what people are saying and conforming to being normal being bland going down the paths the paths that other people expect of you and kind of doing the things that they expect of you um and the line in there walking on broken glass is uh, it's indicative of when you don't follow your path or you put your path aside to follow someone else's path that they that they have laid out for you and it's doing something that you ultimately don't want to do you are hurting yourself um if you've watched moon knight um the whole thing with harrow when he puts the broken glass in his shoes and he puts his feet in the shoes we all do that in life we all settle we all curb our loves our interests our creative side to be corporate and to do the corporate thing and to go get the job and to go make the money and to put ourselves aside and put someone else ahead of us in our own lives and this is the the, the balancing act that is this song is i'm doing what i'm expected to do and i'm continuously cutting my feet and i'm continuously hurting myself and i'm basically it's 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 a slow suicide of giving yourself up a little bit at a time to the point that you know maybe when you're 50 years old you're gonna have regret over everything you've done in life and then what have what do you have at the end when you've given everything to everyone else do do they profit off of that like what do they get they might not even remember you you did everything to become normal to the point that you've been forgotten so that's kind of the idea of this song and this is the initial stages of starting to lose your stuff and in the book this is the 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 moment where the character has the choice to forever let go of being a creative and just wear the mask and be the people that other people want you to be um and there's a double-edged sword to the imposter syndrome is uh because you you as you, you know the the definition of imposter syndrome is when you don't think you are an artist 
you don't think you're good enough to call yourself a writer. You don't think you're good enough to call yourself a musician or a singer or an actor or whatever. But the other side of the imposter syndrome is that you choose not to pursue your love and you decide to just be normal. And that is when you're truly becoming the imposter. And that's what the song talks about, that duality. The next song is called Descend. Descend, um, old song, very old song. Um, the original trifecta of songs was We Are a Machine, Descend, and Breakdown. So <clears throat> at the time, no, nah, I'm not getting any personal shit. So basically the character at this point, um, they've had their breakdown in the previous song, Breakdown. And this is the, mo- this is the moment where thoughts of suicide are creeping in and um, looking down the wishing well, is, which is the well of his soul. Uh, there's lots of mention of the wishing well in the song. And the wishing well is, again, it's a du- duality thing where you can put your wishes in there and then move on and pursue those wishes. Or you can just fall into the well and live down there in the darkness and let depression set in. And just have this face because you've this is the duality where you've decided to bury or throw your shit in the well and just be part of the corporate world and do that job that everyone expected you to do and you've buried yourself and dropped your your own soul down that well but that darkness keeps coming up And when you're in the well, you're always just bobbing in the water and your head is just above the waterline. But sometimes it goes under and the moments of depression sink in and you're really questioning your whole existence and you're thinking of suicide. Now, I'm not... um, I've struggled with a lot of issues over my years. I'm not in that place, haven't been in that place in a long time. And even though the darkness can creep in from time to time, I'm not going back there and there's no way I could get back there um, that far down. Anyway, I do not go into the well. I see the well and I walk away. So this is the idea where if you bury yourself, if you bury your creative side, you bury your passion that you're going to have trouble keeping your head above water. So that's what descend is. So the next song is California.
So <clears throat> California is is interesting because it emerged out of um, two different songs, uh, a song that I'd written and um, I, I brought into the band, uh, lyrically speaking anyway, at least the, 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 um, the vocal melodies and all that, that I'd worked into another song that I'd written the music for, and I just brought the lyrics along. And uh, this one took a lot of deviations. This is probably the most commercial sounding, I think, in some respects on the album. Um, and it's intended that way on purpose because the idea is California, the, the, the line comes from the Soundgarden song, which I'm a huge mark for, um, uh, feeling, uh, looking California, feeling Minnesota. So the idea is you can put on this face and pretend to be, you know, happy and pretend to not be depressed and pretend in, in looking California, like you're looking like the happiest person in the world. If you think about Rob Williams, he always had a smile and a laugh and a joke, but deep down inside, he was hurting like nobody's business. He was walking on his own broken glass. So in this song, there's also a, hmm, I'm kind of, how do you maintain that, that, that facade? How do you maintain that face, that California face? How do you, how do you do it? And sometimes you will seek things that will help you keep that face on, things that will numb you, things that will help you laugh, things that will, I think you know what I'm talking about. And that's kind of the idea. So there's, there's a lot of imagery within the song of um, a lot of symbolism. Um, fall on your knees and you start to pray. Um, come on back for a replay. Basically, <clears throat> It's, it's dealing with being addicted to many things, um, not just substances, because it, you know, it, I mean, at, at its core, yeah, sure, that's what it, this sounds like, but that's, you know, there's more than that. There's being addicted to that feeling of when you put on that face, that mask, and you decide to be California, um, and people respond to it, and they respond, they respond positively to the mask you've put on and they think that's what you are and you get addicted to that feeling you get like you know i'm mr accountant and i'm revered at the company i work for and you're doing such a great job and you're so amazing but the accountant face is just the mask that you're wearing because you actually were a drummer in a band in southern california and that's what you wanted to do. And, you know, you've cut your hair, which is another form of mask because, you know, wearing long hair, that's what you were. And you become California, you become gloss, you become fake, you become vapid. Um, inspiration for the song came from fake plastic trees from Radiohead where everything's just make-believe. Being California. That's the song. Be Famous is the next one. Um, I got I got to be careful what I say here. This song, 
I wrote for someone else. Um, and then when I was done writing this song, I realized it was really about me. But basically, in the story, that is, we are machine. This is the moment where the mask has been worn. I'm pretending to be this person I'm not. And eventually you marry somebody. Um, and it is someone of that world, not of your world, but this California world that you've decided to live in. And you marry someone. And you marry someone else who is pretty. Someone else who wears their own masks. And it is the moment of realizing this is kind of a, a moment of holy shit, I've been wearing a mask this whole time and I married someone else with a mask and this person's actually truly awful and realizing all the steps you've taken since the song Breakdown where you've decided to, you know, step on the broken glass. This is the moment where things come to a head that you've been living this fake life this entire time pretending to be somebody you're not and then this is when the shit hits the fan basically where the person that you're being fake with is just as fake themselves and in fact they're faker than you are but they don't want to break the illusion of the mask they're wearing and things turn into confrontations and your partner is more interested in being famous than being real. Wow. That's pretty deep. Um, this was, in terms of the band's history, this was a, a single for us. Um, for some reason, we never did a video or anything for it, which I don't know, I think would have been a good idea, but um, it was featured in a whole bunch of different places and stuff. So, um, and was also the theme song to the Sean Geek Fast Rock podcast for, for a time. And occasionally it gets reused because it's a good song. Next song is Pinprick. is boy this this is probably the song that went through the most revisions lyrically speaking because i was trying to um 
I don't know if anyone you know, but you should. Propagandy is one of the best bands that have ever existed on the face of the planet. Um, for many, many reasons, not just their bombastic, in-your-face riffage, drumming, um, their politically conscious lyrics, a um, whole bunch of things. But for me, there is a similarity between Propagandy and Tragically Hip. There's a song that Tragically Hip wrote off of their, oh my God, what the album is it? It is the Blue Album. has grace two on it oh my god i need to know this this was the, the uh day for night sorry this was the day for night was the first cd i ever owned um and i can't remember if i bought it someone bought it for me i think somebody bought it for me and i was like actually hip really you know because they're kind of like the i don't know yacht rock in, in some ways or that's you know my perception of it <clears throat> But there is a song on here called Nautical Disaster. Now, not the the way the lyrics are written, the phrasings, the actual um, science of how the lyrics are written. Because generally, and this may be along my tooth here, but you have ABBA, you have, um, and I don't mean the band, I mean, I'm talking about songwriting here. There's the ABBA structure where the A, the first line of your song, matches the fourth line of the verse. So ABBA and the B's rhyme. The A's rhyme together, the B's rhyme together, obviously, right? So your first line, the end of the line is going to rhyme with the, the last word of the last line of that verse. And then the two, middle ver the two middle lines in the verse will rhyme with each other as well. And that's an ABBA structure. <clears throat> um. On Nautical Disaster, they did not. Tragically Hip did not do this. And a lot of Propagandy songs, and I don't know if Propagandy borrowed the, the, the style of songwriting, but Propagandy tend to write their songs in, here's a paragraph, and they don't lyrically make it fit the um, melody they make it fit. So it might be a long paragraph stating how with a bunch of statements, and they take breaks in the paragraph to define lines, but it is like a kind of a run on sentence. So I, I emulated that in this song. I actually wrote a story about someone who travels online under the anonymity, or not under anonymity, but he goes online and this is in the story, this is where the person is like, okay, you know what? I, I, I gotta go, I gotta go find my muse. I need to go do my creative thing. <clears throat> I need to play my drums. I need to sing. I need to write. I need to go out there and, and do my thing. And they're putting their stuff online. And in this version of the song, it's, it's, it's words that are being put online. And this person is getting some momentum with the words being very truthful about life and about being human being and in starting to build a, a bit of fan stuff and in context of the book this could be the you know the drummer like releasing some music online or, or whatever and um people are going wow this is there's a few people out there and it's not a lot there's a few people are going wow this is really good this is really good again 
here's when the imposter syndrome kicks in. There are the trolls out there that see these words, see the truth of these words, are hurt by the truth of these words because they're too afraid of facing themselves and they start shitting on this person. So then the person goes back online anonymously and continues posting their stuff and people are still shitting on this person. Um, there's, <clears throat> there's multiple lines in the song. He walks through the room unassumingly, no eyes upon him as he passes. Like a shadow, you won't see him. He disappears completely. This is the, the duality of, look, I am a creative. I'm nobody. I'm, I'm a fake. I'm not real. And uh, yielding to some of the trolls that are pointing this out, that this person's a fake, not real. And you're not really a singer. You're not really a drummer. You're not really an actor. You're just, you know, you're, you're, you suck. And again, that's when people are trolling you in that manner, it's because they themselves have not, are wearing a mask. And maybe they haven't gone through and, and done the effort of realizing their creative side and they're projecting onto you their own failure being fake. Very deep song. A lot of layers to it. Let's get to the next one. The next one is We Are Machine. song was the first song I wrote a vocal for this was part of my audition process um, way before the other guys were in the band when it was just Alex and these two other previous members of the band they had uh, worked on three songs together I guess Alex wrote the songs and they, they must have worked them out together I'm guessing that's how that worked then <clears throat> I came in and the audition was I had to write lyrics for lyrics and vocals for three songs which I did and this was the first one they gave me and I, I liked it right away there was a lot of range and dynamic to it so um in terms of the concept this is the moment where um the, the main character in the story and the concept um he's been plying his trade by himself he's trying to remove the mask the corporate mask that he wears and trying to get himself out in the world <clears throat> 
and he auditions for a band. And what he realizes when he meets these people, he's found like-minded people just like him that are creative, that, you know, they're not famous. They're, they weren't in other bands. They weren't anybody in terms of musicians. Like they were good. They practiced, they played, they wrote. And when the four of them get together, there's this creative impetus, this machine that they've built um, of like-minded directionless similar or sorry direction similar people and they realize that you know we are a machine together we are building something that is a unit it's not individual together all of our strengths are stronger and we are four strongly creative people and when you put us in a room together we may the imposter syndrome starts to, to, to fade a bit because it's like, holy shit, like we are a machine. We are, I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of uh, symbology um, in this as well. And hey, we have a music video for this one, by the way. We also have one for Descend. Um, and it's, anyway, so th that's kind of the idea here. So this is this is where the, the main character, he, he finds focus. And he finds, you know, maybe I'm not a fake. Maybe I am a creative. Maybe, you know, maybe I am good at this thing. Maybe I need to not listen to everyone else. And like when I'm with these three other people, like, like I transform and I don't have to wear the mask and I get to be me. And this is sort of like a presentation to the world. Um, the next song is Redefined. So this is the moment in the band, like conceptually we're speaking about here, where um, this song was written twice. It was recorded twice, two completely different sets of lyrics. It used to be called Head On. <clears throat> and it was about, how do I define? This is where someone was, and I guess it's kind of relevant now, but it was about someone who was a good person, who is open, who is themselves. And I guess conceptually this might've worked. And um, they suffer a setback socially because they are wrongly accused of a crime that they did not do. And sometimes the loudest voice, socially speaking, is the right voice. And I don't mean right, I'm using uh, air quotes here. 
um, if enough people say something and enough people hate somebody, then the, the lies that they are telling become the truth. Um, and that was the original head-on lyrics. <clears throat> and it was about facing that shit head-on and overcoming lies that were, are told about you. And in some ways it tied into the pinprick song as well, where people were making up stories about, you know, what was being put out there online. So anyway, what happened was um, we recorded the song um, vocally. It is a song that I, I, I can't, I couldn't perform every night. Head on was very, very difficult. Um, it was me pushing my vocals right to the, right to the edge. But um, creatively, this this was one where I co-wrote with one of the other, co-wrote the lyrics with one of the other members of the song, and um, he came forward with, "Hey, I think this works better." And being the band that we were, where we took everyone's ideas creatively, um, I looked at the lyrics and I'm like, "Okay, <clears throat> I can work with this." and in terms of concept, because I was always thinking concept within the album, concept within the album. This fits the story. Um, I, I took those lyrics and I, I reworked them all because um, when someone's not a lyricist, when someone's not singing particular lyrics, they don't understand the, there's a math to it when you're writing lyrics. So you may want to say a particular word at a particular point, but it just doesn't work. Um, you have to find an alternate word that fits um, phonetically um, um, with the meter of the song. Like there's a whole bunch of considerations. So <clears throat> I took those lyrics, rewrote them all, kept the general concept, uh, added some of my own concepts that would fit in with the concept of the entire album. And this is, this is uh, a moment where there was challenges between the four members of the group and there are doubts planted in the mind of the main character which from the book where the imposter syndrome creeps back in and the imposter syndrome this time is is presented by one of the other members of the group and this person is second guessing everything they're doing and this song is about kind of overcoming that and working through that and trying to figure all this stuff out but it's also a, a moment of when you're creative, sometimes it is good to work with someone else constructively as opposed to just destructively um, to work through a song idea. And in many ways, we work through all these songs together. And this was a moment where I acquiesced uh, creatively. And some ways, this is a better song because of it. But it also gets that person's thoughts across too so that's redefined the next song is paradigm and at the time when it was written it was written along the lines of um <clears throat> personally for me i was working through a couple of things um i was working through um the death of our, our father and i was having issues like because i really loved playing with my dad um, my dream growing up was to play with my brother. But when I played with my dad, that's when I kind of realized like all this idolizing I'd done of my, of my brother 
and wanting to play with him and be on stage with him and all the stuff really it was really my dad because my dad gave us music my mom and my dad gave us music but my dad was the one that gently nudged us in the direction of being ourselves and being creative and i think a lot of what todd and i had done musically and the paths we took were you know directly from him and when we finally played with him the nudges were a little less subtle because <laughs> you know my dad was my dad but they were to make us better musicians better band mates better everything and he really pushed todd and i to be better human beings and being in a band with my dad was like the fucking coolest thing i could ever imagine and when i auditioned for dome it was you know after that had happened with my dad and being in a couple bands at a time because i was really looking for creatively my dad said look don't you ever in his last breaths in that last week with him because i was ready to just hang up music and not do anything because i like you know what i'm never going to release a professionally sounding album i'm never going to you know i'm just going to give up on that dream i had of having an, an album out i mean i'd release stuff independently and stuff but i really wanted dad really wanted us to look go make some music don't play other people's music go make your own and put it out there in the world don't regret it for the rest of your life like go do it and it was that drive that made me audition for dome it was that drive that made me you know lock horns with alex and write shit and make music and make it be as good as it could be and all the decisions that alex and i made like when we brought in the other two guys like my brother and the other guy like it was all like it was all with my dad's drive and maybe i was a little too driven at times but my dad's was like no compromise you gotta do you gotta put out the music that you want to put out like you can't like he just pushed me pushed me so fucking hard to be me and he wasn't pushing me hard in a negative way he was pushing me hard in like you can't settle for less you gotta don't compromise your dream for anyone like you need to follow your dream don't live in regret you know all this sort of stuff so paradigm is, is just read the lyrics dude like uh, i don't know if i can go over them right now because it's this is one of those songs that when i'm performing like i will cry like it it is really very emotional read the lyrics you'll see there's a lot of reference to um his going away and 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 trying to to be creative in his shadow and not letting him down but being afraid to let him down and the pressures other people put on you regarding his memory and how you navigate that emotion when other people are telling you what your father's dream was for me and other people saying well his dream would have been this and i'm like yeah but he was my dad um you know my brother and i were pretty defined 
and what we wanted to do and we talked about it and like Todd and I were completely on the same page but just other people around us were not they had their own vision of what dad's dream was for us and that's what this song is about and this is that moment in the in the story in the concept of the album was where this person was being crapped on in the previous song and you know you need to concede and you need to change what you're doing you need to change your voice you need to change your your delivery you need to change your presence your stage presence you need to change all these things about you because they're not good enough and this is the the moment of i'm going to persevere this bend is important and even though there is strife within the band between the two of us, we are going to push through it together as a unit because we are machine. We are going to get through this. And this song, uh, emotionally, in terms of its positioning on the album, is, in, is intentional. Um, and it's really meant to, to tell that story of, you know, living, with, living within a world that's not always positive and just working through it nonetheless and still putting out what I think is probably one of the best tracks on the album. Um, sonically, um, lyrically, um, emotionally, uh, it really, really <clears throat> takes us places. The next song is called Premature.
originally called Premature Evacuation. And um, it's one of those songs where a lot of the songs we wrote, we, we, Alex would come up with a riff. And in my head, the riff told the story already. So I would come up with a song title based upon the riff that he was coming up with. And I would build around a concept based on how that riff felt and then create a lyrical structure and vocal structure around the riff to tell the story that Alex was trying to tell in my interpretation of what Alex was trying to tell. So um, in this song and also the timing of when we wrote the song, this kind of fallacy that people are like, oh, they're just another bar band or they're just another band out there playing. They're just another hard rock band. They're not original. They're not this. It was this sort of playing. There was also a feel like when we're playing shows and if we're going on second, third or fourth or fifth or whatever, where people might come to see the band right before us and then leave. And there was that key moment. And I think the song might've been, you know, had more punch because of it when we played with 500 pound furnace and they played before us and that was their choice because we wanted to play before them and they said no you're going to play for us like after us and they made the crowd stay for us even though they didn't know who we were like they didn't know who we were but the crowd didn't know who we were and they just sold the crowd on us before we played a note so premature evacuation is about many things but within the context of the story is maybe people were writing us off they saw that they saw the name they saw the four of us but they didn't hear our music they didn't see us play they didn't know anything about us and they were going to make a judgment call an an uninformed judgment call to just yeah we'll leave after the, the band's done and then we won't see our band and it was the idea that if you leave prematurely, if you're going to leave the venue this night, if you're going to skip this track, if you're going to skip us, you're missing everything. You are missing everything. You know, and it's, and it's a pounding song and it's a song in the set world. People go, holy fuck. Like the, it's so metal and it's so fast and it's so short. <laughs> It's only two minutes and 37 seconds, but this is sort of the, this is the punch to the people that stuck with us saying, yeah, we're that band. We are that good. So this is a statement of fact. It is a, a, a anthemic. Um, it is kind of, you know, redefining the, we are machine, but with confidence, with poise. And then at the end, the, the final song, This Isn't an Exit. Um, multiple stories in this. Um, it was, I actually, when I wrote the lyrics, I was writing it about a friend of mine who was going through some marital problems and how they were wearing, they were just like the couple that had been married forever and they just, they weren't ending it when they should have, or they weren't trying hard enough when they should have. They, they were just, they weren't putting, they'd given up and they weren't putting any effort in. And they either needed to break up and be done with this fucking shit, or they needed to actually work on their relationship 
Um, but it also it was the uh, with, with the song title, which is based based on a Brett Easton Ellis quote. Um, the idea here was, look, this might be our last show. We don't know. This might be our last performance. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Never take the easy way out of things. It is not the exit you need to take. You need to push hard. You need to listen hard. late to unwind let's put in the time let's work on this let's figure this shit out it's not about the audience it's about us it's about us as a band it's about us as people it's about us working our shit out and not you know the the stuff that that creeps in under pinprick where people are telling us we suck because the pinprick that song continues on through the rest of the songs and the the idea of the positioning of pinprick could have been later in the album, but it was the idea that look, um, people kept taking shots at us, people kept saying things about us, people kept trolling us, and and saying things. But then, you know, with that, were the people going, oh, that was such a good show. You guys are so good. You know, there was people that were loving us, and there were people that were trolling us. And you have to recognize that for what it is. You know, we're not going to be anonymous. Like, because, you know, one thought we had was just being anonymous. Like, we're not going to put our faces on anything. We're not going to, we're just going to be, it's going to be about the music, which is really at the end of the day what it is. It's not what we look like. It's not, you know, it, it's about the music. So, um, again, this feeds back into this isn't an exit. Um, so there was strife in the band in dome for sure there was um as in any band and a, a lot of it centered around one person but you know it's like let's just work through this shit like just because things aren't working out exactly the way all four of us want and that we have to concede a little bit to the other you know we all have to concede when you're in a group environment when you're in a marriage, but a marriage of four, when you're in a band, you have to concede certain things and you can't always get your way. You can get part of your way, but you can't always get your way completely. So like in the song Redefine, where I just gave, I gave that person the voice that they needed in that song because they felt strongly about it. I'm like, well, I can't argue with that. If you feel that strongly about it, you know, I, you know, I concede and really 
being in a band, it, it is about, you know, conceding. If someone feels very strongly about a point, about a, a piece of music, you, you can't just shut them down. And there were moments where, boy, there was some stuff that Alex really, really wanted. And so, songs that I felt very strongly for, because we had like another six or seven songs written. And there was one one song in particular I really, really liked. I had, um, it, I mean, it needed to be worked out, I think was kind of the thing, but not everybody wanted to work on the song and Alex felt so strongly about it, but he didn't push uh, enough. And I think he should have because fuck, that song was really, really good. Um, like the way Paradigm worked out, it was like another paradigm. It was, it was just epic. It was majestic. <clears throat> it was just really beautiful. And it was called Key. And um, it was amazing. But, you know, it's like, we, we got to get along here. We got to hold this together because this is, this is special. And not everybody had that same impetus. You know, not everyone had that same thing. And at the end, I mean, that's why our band broke up. And that's why in the book, which I hadn't decided what happens at this point, like what happens to the main character. Um, but anyway, let's listen for a second more here. So every change I've made is every time I caved. every time I find ourselves intertwined. So when we intertwine ourselves, so in terms of the marriage, every time that somebody caved is every time somebody put the moves on the other person and all that sort of stuff. But in, in terms of, of context within the band and within the concept of we are machine is that look, Every time we made something beautiful is when we actually worked together. Not when one person, you know, was off on the side doing their own thing and grumbling and bitching about the other guys. And, you know, the best music we came up with was when we worked together on it, and which was these 11 songs, right? So the other songs that never came to fruition were the ones that, you know, if we'd worked together on them, like we did everything else, it would have been fucking great. You know, we were stronger as a machine than we are as, you know, individual cogs and wheels and, and bumpers and, and stuff, right? So I think let's listen a bit more here. It's not too late. The repeating of it's not too late, it's not too late throughout the whole song is like, this is the, the character trying to save the band. This is the character seeing the cracks and trying to hold everything together. 
by sheer force of will and pleading with the others like let's work this shit out let's work this shit out which i guess in some ways was me um because i was always trying to concede to the the um the negative person and i was always trying to hey come on let's like i i, I would take moments to take them aside and just have conversations like not even about the band just about life in general and try to get to know them better and try and understand where they're coming from because maybe they weren't communicating properly and people didn't understand where you know where they were coming from so we were i would purposely take all this effort to be even more inclusive of that person because they kept excluding themselves from everything they kept excluding themselves from band practice they kept excluding themselves from the band they kept um being sidetracked with other things and other people and you know all these other you know everything from the breakdown song where everyone's saying this is who you are this is the mask you should wear you know step in these step on the broken glass go ahead come on come with us things are nicer over here um wear the mask and we'll let you in over here and i i felt that he you know that he was wearing a mask and he was trying to be someone else when you know and i I think ultimately at the end the breaking of the band was this i'm not like you guys i'm not with you guys i'm i i've got to find my way and i found personally that the, the path that was taken was finding safe places to go instead of taking chances creatively it was like let's just go down safe paths you know let's let's join a band where oh yeah i'm this person i'm the double bass master double bass drum master and and all this stuff and i kind of feel that that was the moment where i'm gonna wear a mask and i've decided to be the character in breakdown where i'm going to wear the mask and i'm going to pretend to be this person because i think within our the four of us within the context things got personal and we were becoming friends like friends that talk about shit and you know and at that point is like well i'm getting uncomfortable with this because you're actually going to see behind the mask that i always wear and there was an uncomfortableness with seeing who he really was so that's i'm not going to go much deeper into that but that's we are machine and that was the concept and after we released the album the band broke up um the the album was available on all streaming services for for a year until we let everything expire kept it up it's on Bandcamp. you can still get it there you can still listen to it there that's literally where we listen to it from and if you're interested in the album you can buy it there i think we are machine is a masterpiece i think it is great i think it is a, a phenomenal album um i i think you should listen to it and it, i mean it was the creation of the four of us pushing and pulling and tugging and polishing and and you know mining the gold out of all these songs you know I'm gonna call it here <clears throat> okay see you later on the flip side <laughs>